for Barzell. He's behind the defense. Back Barzell. Scores! Away he goes. Horvath again. What a move by Horvath. Scores! Boom! Horvath. Bovillier breaking. What a move. What a play. What a goal. With that sound, you guys know what time it means. It's time for another episode of the Clapper Report, a hockey podcast where an Islanders fan and a Canucks fan talk about news in the league and rumors surrounding the teams. This is Justin across the town from Damien. And just to clarify, we are not Jeff Merrick or Elliot Friedman. Before we get started, we ask that you please follow and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And also we ask if you can follow us on Instagram as well at the Clapper Report. Interact with us. Leave us some comments. Slide in the DMs. Let's get the conversations flowing. So, Damien, what you drinking? What's going on, bud? Glad that we're finally recording. Um, I took a trip. We'll talk about it in a little bit. I took a trip upstate, and uh, I took a pit stop at Northway Brewing Co. right outside uh, Lake George, and um, I picked up a four-pack knowing that we were going to record hopefully the next day, uh, which we didn't. <laughs> Uh, it's now Friday, so it's been a week since I bought them, but I, I saved them. Um, I got their pale bear. Sorry, the the um the type is a little weird, but yeah, uh, pale. Oh, bear. Okay, sorry, bear. <laughs> and uh, anyway, it's a hazy IPA uh, made with Death Wish coffee. It's part of a collab that they did with them, uh, and they also had like a bunch of other beers made with Death Wish too. Um, really dope place. The, uh, the brewing company, by the way, I thought it was really sick. I actually picked up a hoodie of theirs cause I don't know. I was just getting a hoodie from the trip and I decided a brewery would be the best place. Um, although I got honey potted a little bit, bro. Um, they didn't, got what? they didn't, I got honey potted. What do you mean? You never watched the, um, what's that movie? The one where the, uh, the interview, you never seen that movie? Yeah, I've seen it. Wait, yeah, wait, wait. where he says, where he says, uh, oh, I, uh, she's honey potting me. I don't remember that. Oh, uh, like honey dick. You remember right after that? <laughs> no, I don't remember that. And I'm right, gonna look right. that. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to send you the scene so you can rewatch that because it's, it's, it's a pretty funny part. Um, anyway, there was no price on the tag. I knew it was gonna be nice because it was a Carhartt hoodie with their logo on it. It's really sick, really high quality, very comfortable. But um, when he rang it up you know, with the beer, the total came to $75 and, um, a part of me inside died, but, um, I was kind of like at this point where like I was already at the counter, I already had my heart set on it. So, uh, I shelled out $65 for a hoodie. Oh, so, uh, it was brutal. It was brutal. Um, I'm hoping in a week or two, I can actually enjoy wearing the hoodie. Cause right now I'm wearing it. I'm like, this is a $65 hoodie. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, no, it was brutal. Uh, but anyway, the place was sick. Um, the guy was really cool. Uh, you know, the bartender. I feel like he has more of a role there than just bartender. But uh, it was a really dope spot. He's, so, he's hoodie yeah. salesman. Yeah, he's a good hoodie salesman. He really gets you with no fucking price on the tag. But uh, <laughs> no, really cool stuff. So um, first couple sips, though, I, I do enjoy it. I do like uh, hazy IPAs. The first sip, I was a little nervous. But uh, second and third here, I got to say, I'm I'm enjoying it. Yeah, for sure. I like hazies. Um, so I finally got what I've been waiting for the past few weeks um, from Blue Point Brewing, of course. 
Big Mother Pumpkin. It's brilliant. It tastes so good. I'm so glad it's back. It's an Imperial Pumpkin Ale. So we got cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice, and cloves in it. Uh, it's 9%. It's so good. It's such a good beer. Oh, my God. And I fully, like, I'm, I'm a full pumpkin person. Like, I love pumpkin beer, pumpkin coffee, pumpkin bread, anything. Like, I, I'm not even going to lie. I'm that stereotypical white chick. I love pumpkin stuff. Dude, I'm on that same wave, too. And I'm glad you were finally able to get it after your uh, your last encounter trying to get it. That was quite disappointing. So Yeah, where it was only sold in grocery stores. I was like, what? Yeah, so I'm glad you found it. I've actually, you know, it's funny. It's like I've been seeing it around lately now, like only at gas stations or grocery stores. So I'm like, oh, really? Justin, here you go. Yeah. But, um, uh, what's it called? And it's funny, too, because uh, last week, a few of our friends, we went to... um this other brewery sand city south and um and what's called the of course the first thing i recommended to everybody was the pumpkin and uh super good it was it called graveyard smash i think it even got like Ooh. like the girlfriends into it the girlfriends were all loving it too which was nice so uh yeah no uh, anything pumpkin i mean i used to be a guy who was like a hardcore believer in just drinking black coffee um i've since changed my mind on that and now i fully embrace the pumpkin season you know getting the pumpkin cream yeah. cold brews and all that Bro. so oh, yes. I, i'm definitely i'm definitely on that wavelength now i'm glad that i've uh i've put my my shame in it away if that makes sense i love pumpkin cream cold brews like that's probably like my go-to i mean i just love cold brews in general like i could just do a cold brew with like nothing in it but... oh yeah because cold brews are just so much smoother oh yeah they're sweet uh, i love them um so did you want to talk about why we're recording remotely yeah, no, and uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, we got we got we got a couple of reasons, dude. Uh, so uh, you guys haven't seen, you guys haven't heard our voices in a while. So. I know. So um, I'm an idiot. First off, I I'll be the first to admit. I admit it to everybody. I'm a grade A idiot. Uh, I had a trip planned. Well, my mom had a trip planned for our entire family to go up to Lake George, where I was this past weekend, and um, I totally forgot about it until thursday i took off of work for friday and monday on the thursday right before it uh <laughs> little unconventional but it worked they, they allowed me to do it and uh i had to text you that day saying yo um actually i can't record tomorrow because i totally forgot that i'm gonna be away <laughs> all weekend so uh that kind of sucked that threw us off um we were then gonna record that monday but um, I was getting in late, and by the time I got home, I was having issues with my computer. I thought it was like a one-off situation where it just wasn't starting the right way. Um, come to find out, the motherboard is dead on my computer. Um, I've since shipped that off. It's getting replaced. Hopefully, the computer will be back up and running within a week or two. Um, but, you know, we're, we're doing this uh, remotely now. Um, I'm working off a computer from, or a laptop, I should say, from, uh, from high school. Uh, it's quite ancient. Uh, surprisingly, runs Windows 10. Just updated it and everything. Updated Zoom. Uh, so that's why we're here. But uh, you're not in studio with me, which is a little different. And uh, I think you have the better story to tell. I mean, I wouldn't say better. Um... Well, not better, but um, <laughs> more more of a uh, courageous. Uh, I don't know what word I'm looking for, but uh, it's definitely more intense, I'll say. Yeah. Um... So Tuesday, I was at a concert. This is uh, not this past one, the one before. And, uh, you know, very hard band. This band knocks loose. 
super sick you gotta check them out and uh so yeah it's the last song do my little dancing then i get kicked in the leg (laughs) (laughs) and um and i just drop like i couldn't put any pressure on it. someone's trying to push me back in they're like they're like go go and i'm like i I can't i can't move (laughs) um and so that was a real bummer and i was like it's like shit. I, I was calling my girlfriend. I was like, "I broke my leg. I broke my leg." He's <laughs> like, "What are you talking about? Shut up!" So she's like, "No, you didn't." So whatever. So I wound up going the whole week. Um. So that was Tuesday night. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and I'm just walking on it, kind of like nothing happened. <laughs> um, and Sunday, I wake up, I get up out of bed, and I just drop again, and I couldn't put any pressure on um on my leg and so i'm like oh my god so i say to my girlfriend i go oh my god yeah something's wrong i need to go to the doctor she's like yeah no shit you need to go to the doctor i've been telling you since it happened which she had been so i'll give her that but um so yeah um so i go to urgent care i pull up i tell them what happened and so i'm like yeah you know there's no bruising or swelling so i'm like it's probably just like a muscle contusion they were like yeah it probably is but we're gonna do an x-ray just to be sure so i'm like awesome great Tell me why my shin is fractured. <laughs> so I straight up have a fracture halfway through my shin, uh, which was is understandably why I can't walk. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd say so. so. Yes, yeah, so they put me on crutches and a soft cast until I got to an orthopedic on Monday, and then um, yeah, so I'm in a walking boot for the next like four weeks now. Solid, so, um, solid. Which sucks because I had like five other concerts planned to go to, but now I'm just gonna have to chill in the bar in the back. Yeah, so, I know you're gonna have to be one of those herbs. But at least you have like a war story to tell while you're there. Yeah, right. And then I say the band that it happened to, and everyone's like, "Whoa, are you kidding me?" <laughs> but it's like, cause like, dude, there's there's the crowds are scary. Yo, knock loose shows. They're they're straight weirdos in those pits. Bro, like there was somebody like patrolling the pit. It was like ridiculous. I wanted to go punch him in the face. I was like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah, no, he again, weirdos around in it, pushing anybody that got got close to him. I'm like, what? Why are you just standing here? Like, it was funny though because I did I I dove off the stage like ten times. I sent you a video of one of them that my that my friend that I went with sent me, and I was like, "Awesome, great!" That happened like ten times, and nothing happened then. Of course, it's one kick. That's how uh, that's how I tore my shoulder stage diving. So <laughs> we uh, we 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 gotta we gotta Katie retire, man. We're gonna have to retire from these pits, bro. They're getting too dangerous for us. Oh no, never that, never that. No, no, bro, I one know. of the one of the bands is Tsunami, bro. That I was supposed to see. Oh, that's disheartening. <laughs> I'm so mad about that's that. That's sickening. <laughs> God. Anywho, well, I guess since we're on the topic, we could do our hardcore song of the week. What you what do what do you think? Yeah, I'm down. I'm down for that. All right. What cool. you got for me? Yeah, yeah. So, um, very quickly, uh, this is a band that I I've actually heard of a while back. I found them through this band Left Behind. Um, this band though is uh desolated uh the song is called numb uh it is uh it is quite the uh the hardcore song it's what you would expect for when you're hearing a song from me my selection uh it's just like left behind i'd say uh so if you're into that type of uh in your face hardcore drums everywhere uh i would suggest checking them out uh the song again numb i love it it's already on our hardcore playlist um, you can check that out in our bio and you can listen to all these songs. Uh, just, what do you have? 
Uh, yeah, so I got from this band that we've definitely featured on here a couple of times before. I have this band, Never Ending Game, and their song, Anguish, just dropped tonight, or I guess last night, like midnight, uh, from a five-song EP that just came out. Same crushing, bone-crushing, bone-fracturing, one might say. Um, mm. Yeah, bone-fracturing sound. Uh, the guy's voice is nuts. Uh, yeah, man, they're just solid hardcore. I love listening to them, and this EP is uh, no exception. I I will definitely check this song out because I just added it to our playlist. <laughs> I've low key sometimes like when I'm in the gym and I need it, I've been, I've been bumping it. So I hope that uh when you guys need that extra motivation, you want to uh get loose to some hardcore music, you guys are bumping this playlist. Hell yeah. All right, man. It's been a while. It's probably it's been almost two weeks since we've talked hockey. You know, been about two weeks, yeah. Been about two weeks. So uh I say we keep things easy, we keep things light, get this uh, get this boat rolling. We'll talk about the Islanders, we'll talk about the Canucks, and then, because we missed a week, we're going to do two division rankings today. We're going to do the Metro and the Pacific, and uh, I think that'll about do it for us, right? Yes, sir. Sounds good to me. All right, cool. All right, so coin flip, who do you want to go with first, Canucks, Islanders? Uh, we can go with the Islanders first. All right, all right. I'm pretty excited for this, so I, I will... Uh, I will not say no because I'm pretty excited <laughs> for this season with the Islanders, man. Considering Lou finally started announcing things. Oh yeah, yeah. No, things are the ball has been rolling, and uh, ever since it started rolling, uh, <laughs> it's been a force. Um, it's great. It's been a great off season for the Islanders. Um, tremendously excited. Um, as you guys know, uh, training camp has finally started. I think technically two days before recording here. So. Uh, We've seen a couple new faces, some familiar faces, and uh, things appear to be looking good, looking up for the Islanders this season. Um, and with that, with the Islanders becoming a good team, um, they're, they're getting some national attention finally. Uh, they're going to have 12 games on national networks, which is tremendous for the Islanders. Especially considering like two years ago, that would have never happened. They probably had two or three games on national networks. Um, yeah. So the fact that they're getting 12, um, some of them are going to be on TNT. Some of them are going to be on ESPN. And then also, I think on Hulu, um, I don't know. There's some like weird stuff this year. Like there's going to be no NHL TV. I don't know if you even know that yet. Uh, there's going to be nope. no NHL TV. And it's going to be all on like Disney Plus, Hulu. Oh, no, on Hulu and ESPN Plus. But you can get like some package with ESPN. I don't know. So those are where some of the national games are going to be this year. Mm. which is interesting because uh it's kind of showing the uh the streaming power <laughs> and yeah. uh now sports are being delegated to the streaming um and i feel like hockey is probably a good start for them <laughs> so uh i don't know it's it's pretty <laughs> cool pretty cool so uh i'll be for sure watching those national games for the islanders yeah i might have to get a subscription to that well, i i was trying to say this but i couldn't get it out right uh there's a bundle where you can get hulu Disney Plus and ESPN Plus. I think I'm making this number up, but I want to say it's like something like seven to ten, twelve dollar range a month. A month? Yeah, which is no way. All three of those? Yeah, yeah. It's like a solid deal. Um, like the plus or just the base? That has to be just the base. No, I, I'm pretty sure that this is like the bundle. Um, you know what? Because we're at this point, I'm just gonna look it up. You're just gonna have to bear with me a moment. Uh. But you get yeah, Disney Plus, no you get Hulu and ESPN Plus for seven ninety nine a month. 
$79 for the year. Oh, I apologize. No. Why would they do that? They have to sign. I have to make all this stuff. Hold up. Wait, what? Disney and their marketing ways. They're screwing me. I now have to make an account to see how much the bundle costs. Are we joking right now? What? One moment. One moment here. Save password. Sure. Okay. So the Disney bundle is $13.99 a month. I apologize. So it's Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, and then Hulu with ads. You can add another $6 to that for Hulu with no ads. Interesting. I might actually have to do that. I mean, it's a solid deal. I mean, if you're somebody who watches movies and shows and stuff like that, and you use Hulu or Disney Plus, um, you could get ESPN Plus, watch hockey, watch football, watch all these other sports as well. You know, all in one bundle. Hmm. This is uh, no free ads, though. So. Yeah, no free ads. So don't do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so don't do it at all. <laughs> if you don't do this and you only watch the TNT games, you might hear a familiar voice if you're an Islander fan. Brendan Bjork is now officially signed with Turner uh, TNT. So he'll be doing a couple of games on there. Uh, he'll still be doing MSG games, you know, the Islander games. Um, I'm sure there'll be a couple of games where he's not on and he's doing a national game. But um, it's cool to see that he's getting, uh, you know, the recognition that he deserves, especially with his work in the playoffs this past year. Yeah, without a doubt. I enjoyed uh, listening to him and all of his input. I know. He's, he's solid. Uh, you know, um, it feels like, you know, oh, this is an Islander fan speaking. Uh, it feels like he's very knowledgeable and he, uh, he knows a lot about the other teams, obviously. And, like, he doesn't just favor the Islanders. But it was kind of funny when you watch the game or when you're watching the games this postseason, they were uh, they were making fun of him for doing the Islander games, it felt like. But uh, I felt like he held his own. He did really great. And uh, now he's getting rewarded for it. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. It's good to see uh, an Islander, former Islander player and broadcaster uh, be on the national level, you know, especially with how many games that they're going to be playing national. I still can't believe they're playing 12 national games. Yeah. I know that's insane to me. Yeah, man, nuts. But it's well deserved. That's what happens when you get continued success, eh? Yeah, yeah. So let's keep this ball rolling. Hopefully, uh, we get some new fans here. Um, but next on the news for the Islanders, uh, Travis Zajac, longtime Islander. Just kidding. I think he was an Islander for about all three, four months. Um, he signs a one-year deal with the Devils and retires. So congratulations to him and his family. He had a great career. Um, I'm glad. I love it. It's like classy when teams do that, the one day contracts and yeah. uh, let the player retire there. And, uh, you know, he's done so much for the, the devil. So that was great to see. Um, next is just a bunch of different signings. So I'm going to go over these small ones first. Um, there was a ton of depth signings. Um, Andy Andoroff was signed. Uh, I was a little lost when he got signed. I didn't know too much about him. Uh, but from what I was able to gather is that he's like a really good, like great depth signing. Um, he's probably going to be a guy like in the wing, like uh, Ross Johnson is where he's not really played too often unless it's going to be a physical game. And, uh, you know, he's going to be there to rough people up, um, you know, be there to fight, be there to hit, you know? So, uh, mm. Hey, I mean, a guy who's going to sit in the wing like that, not really play only play when, you know, we need a physicality in the lineup. Sure. Sign me up. Uh, Somebody, uh, uh, I think one of the Instagram comments was uh, a line of Matt Martin, Andorov, and Ross Johnson <laughs> would be an absolute wrecking ball. Um, That'd be terrible. It would be, it would, 
it would be it would be hard to play against them. I mean, you probably score a lot on them, but uh, yeah, right. <laughs> you're gonna take a couple bruises doing it, so uh, that's kind of cool. Um, another couple of signings and uh, more depth signings, guys that were re-signed: uh, Adokovila, Cole Brodeau, and Dmitry Timoshov was re-signed. Um, all guys who are are you know they're at camp, they're trying to make their way into the roster. Um, depending on how the season goes, injuries and all that, you know, are, are inevitable in 82 game season. So, you know, maybe one or two of these guys can see a couple of games, but, uh, I highly doubt it, unfortunately, but, uh, you know, just overall good signings, I'd say. Um, and Paul Ledoux was signed as well. Um, another guy I'm kind of unfamiliar with, but, uh, will probably just be a depth AHL signing realistically. Yeah. I feel like most of them are pretty depth signings or pretty much depth signings. Yeah. Which is good because the Islanders typically, I'd say kind of lacked offensively um, as far as like depth went and in the AHL, Um, you know, you had a couple of guys who you thought could come up, but these are like at least Paul Ledoux and, um, and Anderoff are a little bit older. So it's kind of going to be like older, grittier guys to kind of help out with the youth on that AHL squad. So I think it'll be all right. I think it's a good idea. Um, Now defensively, we've had this big hole um, second line, left defenseman or second pairing, I should say, um, you know, trying to fill the shoes of what Nick Letty was. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of controversy, uh, not controversy, but a lot of uh, rumors being spread around about who it might be coming in. Um, but I believe that the Islanders have kind of answered that question for us. Um, it started out with them signing a PTO with Eric Gustafin, Gustafin, Gustafin. I'll let you figure <laughs> Gustafson. Gustafsson. So uh, he's kind of a, um, I would say definitely a puck moving defenseman, if anything. Um, two seasons ago, he had a 60 point season with the Canadians, I think it was, right? Uh, or Blackhawks. Blackhawks, Blackhawks, with the Blackhawks. So, you know, he, he is a guy who can put up points. Um, it's just unfortunate these past two seasons. Granted, they've been weird. They've been COVID seasons, and I think he was traded uh, one of these seasons. He's kind of fell off like tremendously from 60 points. Um, And he's definitely more of an offensive-minded defenseman, which is weird for the Islander system. Um, But in my opinion, uh, I would say that's a good thing. You know, get a guy who maybe is not 100% comfortable with the defensive system, but you could teach him, and hopefully some of that offensive uh, output can help out um you know on their decor but uh looks like he's if he does sign would probably end up being a seventh defenseman uh which is a little interesting because uh i feel like defensively they have a lot of seventh defensemen um but this is a low risk high reward kind of player and again if he's signed to a very cheap deal seventh defenseman doesn't really affect us you know maybe he could come in it's an 82 game season and we are going to need some depth players because the big signing, the big signing we were all waiting for was Zidane Chara. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the literal big signing. Yeah, yeah. The, it can't be overstated how big of a signing this is. Um, to be exact, six foot nine, 250 pounds big. Um, <laughs> yeah, huge. Unfortunately, I don't want to say unfortunately because this is definitely a good signing as far as like, uh, good presence, veteran presence, a captain at one time. Um, and he still could play defensively, um, Sedano Char. He, he was proven to be productive on the power kill for the Capitals last season. 
and he was okay defensively. There was a couple of times where he got beat, um, but he's definitely going into a more of a defensive system, which I think is going to help him out um, in his stat line. And also his role is the big question. And I think in my opinion, what his role should be is kind of like a third pairing, 18 minutes, 19 minutes a night kind of player. You're not really looking for 20 out of him, but what you would get is a guy to mentor your young defenseman, which have been the question marks uh, for the season. Um, like Scott Mayfield. Like Scott Mayfield. No, he's he's proven himself, so he's going to keep his spot there on the second uh, pairing, I believe. But um, it's who's going to be there. And I honestly would like to say that it's going to be Noah Dobson, who um, gets a little bit of a bump and uh, plays a lot more minutes this season. Uh, that's kind of what it seems like. And having a guy like Chara mentor you, um, Andy Green as well mentor you, uh, two guys who are great leaders and I think would help them out tremendously. Um, I like the signing, honestly, of Chara. Yeah, so do I. At first, I was hesitant. You know, um, I was actually at Yankee Stadium uh, when, I, when I saw the tech. So um, I didn't really, uh, I didn't really get to look at it too deeply about like stats and how much he played and everything like that. I was kind of unfamiliar with it. Uh, so uh, the headline of, of the Islanders signing a 44-year-old defenseman at first um, kind of felt weird. Uh, but as I sat with it and I, I realized the role that he's actually going to play um, makes a lot of sense, makes a lot of sense. And the fact that, uh, you know, he might not play all 82 games. He might not play all too much, um, but he's going to be a penalty killing. He's going to be a big defenseman uh, that you could put in, at, you know, big key moments. So I'm very excited to see him sign. Um, fun fact, he was drafted in 97 by the Islanders. I'm sure you guys heard that beaten down by now. <laughs> um what I found to be funny, him being drafted in 97, um, I was not born yet. Justin, I think you were, right? Yeah, I, was, I think I was just born. Yeah, you were just born probably. By like a month, yeah. But also, Matthew Barzell, Noah Dobson, Kiefer Bellows, Buvillier, and Oliver Wallstrom were all not born when he was drafted to the New York Islanders <sighs> back in 97. It's crazy. Yeah, no, it's crazy. So he, he's been playing for quite some time, or just over a couple uh, 20-something odd years. So, yeah, um, What is it? Him, Joe Thornton, and Patrick Marlowe that are playing the longest, right, I think? Yeah, yeah. Because I think Marlowe and – no, Marlowe was 97. Thornton was 96, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not too sure, but I think you're right there. Those are definitely the three oldest guys. So, hey, you know, our defensive core – He's going to get a lot more minutes, a lot more experience um, with this deal rather than bringing in a, a direct, you know, replacement for Nicoletti, which uh, we know the price of defensemen this offseason was quite expensive. So, yeah, um, I'm OK with this deal. I love this deal, actually, now that I've talked myself into deal. it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah I wish uh, the Canucks had gotten it, but, you know, <laughs> hey, you know, he wants to stay on the East Coast. I think I read. I think that was a that was a reason why. And also, you know, the the ties with the Islanders in the original first place was why he wanted to come. Well, he's a loser. Facts, <laughs> facts. But um, I think that's about all that I got for the Islanders. Um, I'll leave you with this. Um, we're taking the Metro and um, Islanders Cup this season. So uh, you heard it here first, locking the bets. Um, and that's all I got. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know how to top that. You sound a lot more sure about the Islanders than I do about the Canucks, but 
Um, so yeah, I'm really unsure about the Canucks still because they still haven't signed Quinn Hughes or Elias Patterson. Yeah, that's a big uh, deal. <laughs> yeah, their deals still aren't done. I just don't know how they haven't signed those two yet. Yet they signed a player that they didn't know was going to get the vaccine or not yet for $3 million <laughs> in Travis Hamanick, who we're now just finding out he's still in Manitoba uh, refusing to get the vaccines, uh, even though he knew that these protocols would be in place. Um, so they're, if he doesn't get it, then, you know, there goes Quinn Hughes, uh, D partner. Um, I'm going to keep my personal opinion out of that, but, um, but, you know, from, you know, looking at it from the management point of view, how do you not assess where you're at with him and say, Oh, you know, like, are you going to be getting it or not? You know, and then make your decision based off that. Cause now you, now you have him for two more years at 3 million, you know, it's like, he can't play in Canada. I don't think. I think that's the deal. Yeah, I think, I think that's the deal right now is that you can't play in Canada. It's either that he can't play in Canada or like he can't go back and forth. So it's like, so what's the point? You know, why are you here? Um, super frustrating, especially considering he was one of the ones that he, especially considering he was somebody that opted out of the original play-ins when they came back um, in the bubble. He refused to play because he didn't want his family to get sick. Yeah. But so now he's refusing that. Anywho, again, yeah. well, get... what I will say about this about Hamannick, um, or or what I from my understanding of the rules, I mean, I don't know what the situation is. Is if a player, if like an organization just says, Hey, we don't want the player to play. Um, but from what I do understand is that if let's say they're traveling to the US and he can't play, um, the cap doesn't affect them, which is kind of a good thing, at least for this season. I don't know what the future holds with COVID, you know, maybe it dies down a little bit more uh, who knows what we're where we'll be in another year or two but um for this upcoming season at least i wonder if his cap is going to account just on a game by game basis or if it's going to be like they can just sit him for their whole season and that cap doesn't hit them at all yeah so i mean that, that's something that we should probably look into for next episode but um i i think i don't that, even think i want to look into it because that would just piss me off even more just bro just like get the shot anyway so (laughs) let's go let's go to training camp uh because since i've been home with my fractured shin uh the past week um i've been like refreshing constantly during uh training camp since they started yesterday um from what i've seen vasily potakolzin looks nuts i sent you one of like a little video of his shot today bro his shot looks nuts the guy skating, his edge work is nuts. His compete, his ability to win board battles is nuts. This guy looks like a stud for the Canucks. I'm so excited. Um, dude, I know. When you sent me that shot, I think it was right behind the dot, dude. And he's totally root. Dude, sick shot yeah. from him. Yeah. He ripped it. It was funny. Um, yeah, and the so way he last... smoothed it. He was smooth, too, with that skating, too. Oh, yeah. It was in transition. It was a great snapshot. Um, it was awesome. But so it was really funny. Um, I think it was last week during the media availability with him. And he had a translator there with him. Apparently he can understand English. It's just he has a hard time like formulating his words. Um, so, you know, he would go back and forth to the interpreter, interp- interpreter to like get a basis. And then he would speak in Russian. And then the translator would say, you know, whatever. But it was funny. So I think it was, was it Patrick Johnson? I don't know. It was one of the, it was one of the beat writers. And um and he was like, oh, hey, so, you know, are you nervous for being in like an English speaking country on an English speaking team? And he didn't even he didn't even question. He, he just went, no, I'm not nervous in a very thick Russian accent. <laughs> it was the funniest thing in the world. And like 
everyone was losing their minds. The guy seems like an awesome guy. Uh, I'm so excited for Vasily Podkolzin. Um, last thing I really want to mention about the training camp is let's talk about the bag skates because yeah. I know I was mad about this yesterday because all these all these Instagram pages were clowning Oliver Ekman Larson yesterday for um for being super tired and lagging behind on the bag skates that Travis Green makes the Canucks do during training camps. Now, this this was taken out of context, this video, because it comes out that it was literally the third bag skate in a row that they did. Yeah, like, that's of course unfair. Tired, especially if he's not used to it. Dude, yeah, of course he's going to be fucking tired. Like, what the fuck? So, <laughs> so that just made me mad how everyone was like, oh, yeah, he's already looking bad. And I'm like, like you literally don't know what you're talking about because then there were clips of him and Pullman together, which apparently they might be, that might be the shutdown pair for the Canucks. Uh, Tucker Pullman and Oliver Ekman Larson. Yeah, yeah. There were great plays of them. Oliver Ekman Larson looked like he was pivoting really well. He looked like he was defending super well, which is nice to see. Um, and then the first two like laps of the bag skate, he was holding up just fine. Like, or the first two bag skates, he was doing just fine. You know, so I'm just I was just annoyed about the negative reception that he got. Also, Car- Connor Garland threw up from the bag skates. So yeah. like. Let's not put too much stock into it and say, oh, Oliver Ekman Larson sucks. He was lagging behind because Connor Garland threw up and we knew Connor, we know Connor Garland's a top six player. Um, it just has to be that they're not used to it from the Kyrie's perspective, especially then too. Oliver Ekman Larson was literally on the ice with like Bo Horvat and Tanner Pearson, who have who have done this for many years now with Travis Green. So anywho, that's that's all I have to say about the Canucks training camp. Uh yeah, yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't take too much stock in it. Um, as you said, but, uh, what I will say is this, did you, uh, their old team, the coyotes, you see, uh, they brought back the old jerseys. Oh yeah, of course I did. They look beautiful. Those are so <laughs> sick. I, I might have to buy one. I might. Yeah. I'll probably buy one at some point. Get but, a uh, Phil Kessel Jersey, bro. Fuck. Phil the twill. Phil the twill. Yeah. So, uh, no, those look sick, but, um, no Canucks, man. Exciting stuff. I love training camp. I know we'll uh, we'll have to get to the Canucks. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll let's do our Pacific or our Metropolitan. Which one do you want to start off with? Um, I guess we started with the Islanders first in our first discussion. So I guess we could do the Pacific now to keep things fair. All righty. All right. So let's go with the Pacific Division rankings. Let's go. So number eight, bottom of the division. I have now. <clears throat> before I say anything. I know I'm going to cause some controversy with this, uh, these rankings. So um, there may be a little bit of bias, but we'll uh, we'll see. So eighth side, the San Jose Sharks. Um, I think they're going to be a really bad team this year. <laughs> you know, um, the only reason I have them at last, you know, other people have other teams last, but I have the Sharks last due to the fact that they have no depth and they have no goaltending. You know, they're probably the worst team in the division aside from like Timo Meyer. Um, what is his name? Martin Ferraro. You know, so I don't really think and Thomas Hurdle, Logan Tory, but every everything else is like you know, I don't know. I don't think the Sharks are gonna be a good team at all. That is fair enough. Um honestly, I have them pretty much at the same spot. Oh yeah, well, yeah, I have them at eight. Um who knows what their future holds. I mean, it, they they got controversy left and right there. Um, mainly by one guy, but uh, 
Oh, I forgot to. I neglected to mention him. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, he's not helping out this organization whatsoever. So uh, I think they're in a bottomless pit of despair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they got their, you know, hopefully they get a good uh, prospect pool coming. But, um, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I don't think that they have that great of a prospect pool right now. Um, I think another year or two of being bad, you know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. hey, you know, a couple, you know, we've seen it with um, our teams specifically. A couple of moves can totally turn around a team. So, you know, a couple of right pieces, you know, they might be uh, moving in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, because really the only they have, the only person they have is really Willie Meckland. He's probably NHL ready right now, you know. Oh, yeah. But I don't know where he'll be. I don't know if he's going to slot in on the team. I, I mean, you don't want to rush him, so. Hundred percent agreed. All right. So you said you got the sharks at eight as well, right? Yeah. 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 All right. So I um so for seventh, I have the Anaheim Ducks. Um, I put them over the Sharks due to them probably gonna have big years from Trevor Zegers and Jamie Drysdale. Um, I think they also have a bit more depth in their their bottom six and on their defense. Also, they have John Gibson. Like everyone says that the Ducks are gonna be last in the division. I don't know, man. I. I I think John Gibson could definitely steal him some wins. I also think full year Trevor Zegers can really do them wonders, you know. Uh, plus, they, they have better decor than the Sharks, I think. So, uh, yeah, so I got the Ducks at seventh. All right. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I actually have the Kings at seventh. Mm. So, um, that's a hot take. I guess so. I guess so. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't feel really too hot on their team. I mean, Fleet the Nose there now. He's gonna be their second line center. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't hear. About. I I don't hear too many good things about this team besides the fact that they have like the best prospect pool. So you know they're probably not gonna be this low in the division for quite some time. Um, but this season, uh, you know, it's a little bit of a weird division. I feel like in the lower ranks. Um, but uh, for right now, I have the Kings in at seven. Um, so I, yeah, so I have the Kings at sixth. Um, you know, people are saying that they'll be good this year or like bubble team. I don't buy that at all. They have aging superstars. They brought in Victor Arvidsson and Philippe Deneau, yeah. but that's not going to be good enough to get them anywhere near the playoffs to me. Exactly. Um, you know, their defense also just isn't it. They're cool. Uh, you know, if Cal Peterson can continue on, then, you know, maybe he can steal them some games, but I don't know. I, I don't I think don't... he's that caliber yet. Yeah, he's not buying them a ticket to the playoffs. Um, you know, if they do get in the playoffs, I'll buy a Kings jersey. <laughs> I'll buy a Kings jersey. Yeah. Because yeah. they're not getting in the playoffs. No. Uh, so I, yeah, so I have them six. Yeah, so my number six is the Ducks. So we're not too far off from each other. Um, but uh, for all the same reasons that I don't really like the Kings, I don't really like them because uh, they're just – aging and you know Trevor Zegers is great like you were mentioning I like Rickard Raquel a lot I know they were trying to move him last season so maybe yeah. he gets dealt by the trade line trade deadline this season so who knows how long they're gonna have him um John Gibson is the difference maker for me um he could potentially get them a couple of games but um you know let's say he gets hot and the team starts playing well around them, maybe they can, you know, go on a nice little run there. So that, that way they're not in last place. But uh, I don't think yeah. they're, I don't think they're a playoff team though. Yeah. Without a doubt, they're not. 
That's yeah, no, not even close. I think the bottom three in this division are just very bad. The California teams are terrible. <laughs> like, yeah, no, they're they're on a downswing right now. So um, expect them to get some good uh, draft picks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, maybe unless they get screwed by the lottery. Um, so my fifth is going to cause some shockwaves. Um, <laughs> I have the Kraken at fifth. Um, well, I think that. I think I say, that. I just want to say this. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know how bad you should feel because I have them at five too. No shit, you do. Seriously? Yeah, I have the I have the Kraken missing the playoffs. I don't I don't really think they're quite a playoff team. Okay, yeah. Well, I was gonna say yeah, this team's overrated. Um, they have really solid goaltending, but that's it. Um, I know people said the same about Vegas. Uh, when Vegas entered the league, that they were over that they didn't have um that they only had good goaltending. That's what people would say about Vegas. Um. But the Kraken, you know, they don't even have a good coach. Like, I don't even remember the guy's name. I don't even know who he is. Um, I really don't think they're going to be anything this year. I think they're going to have going to have a hard time producing goals. Um, I, yeah, and I think they're just going to ride too heavily on their goaltending and potentially wear out their goaltenders. Um, so, yeah, I have them at fifth. I have them missing the playoffs. Um, I don't think they're good enough to be a playoff team. Yeah. No, me either. And the thing about goaltending is, you know, with um... – Grubauer is that like all right Grubauer he you know he was on the avalanche like he was in front of a good team or behind a good team I should say uh so I think he benefits from that and he really shit the bed for them in the playoffs honestly um in my opinion so I don't really know too much of you know how how good Grubauer is going to fare in front of a brand new team um obviously Chris Schreiger he wasn't that bad as well last season so you know, he's a good, they were both on good teams. Yeah. But that's the thing I was going to get at. Yeah. They're both on good teams. So, you know, you're going to a whole new organization, a whole new thing. So um, it's definitely going to be a weird transition. Um, but yeah, like, like you were mentioning, I'm not too sold on this team. Like I know Eberly was just on my Islanders this past season, but uh, I would say he's their best forward. I would say Jordan Eberly is their best forward. So I don't yeah. really, I don't really know what to expect from this team. Um, can Eberle be the number one player on the team and and fare better than what he was doing with the likes of Matt Barzell? Uh, probably not. Probably not. So uh, I'm not too hot on this team. Uh, you know, we'll I think, to wait I think see, they I guess. could be a bubble team. You know, they could be somewhat at least in the Pacific. I think they could be somewhat close. Yeah, and uh, they also have a lot of pieces to move so and i think yeah. they have some room too so you know things still can get done i think they have about seven million in space 7.6 million in space so you know they have the potential to make some moves um oh and it's dave hackstall is their head coach mm. so um yeah i mean uh th- this they're not there yet i i want to say they're not there yet i mean for my sake i hope that they're not there um <laughs> Uh, so fourth i you know so this is where so my my list starts to get crazy here um fourth i have the edmonton oilers um same bro same oh you don't are you serious i'm i'll send you a screenshot from before like yeah bro we didn't plan this everybody don't worry i was really thinking i was gonna do hot takes damn dude okay I, i mean maybe we're on the same wavelength bro well because the oilers are not better than the canucks you know that's listen that's my thing that i keep getting at and i know i've said it to you like all all season the oilers are not better than the canucks i think that they're barely a playoff team you know the same reasons that people have for putting the canucks below them 
uh, and that they have put below them for the past few years are the same flaws that the Oilers currently have. You know, let's go over it. They have a shit defense, right? Besides Darnell Nurse, they really don't have much on the defense event. Um, they just let go of Ethan Bear. Yeah, it, I was going to just uh, add, it didn't get any better. No. It only got worse this offseason. Exactly. They also have no bottom six. I mean, they, what do they have? Warren Fogel in their bottom six, and that's it? Their goaltending is also dog shit. Like, this team is being slobbered on because of McDryasidle. And, you know, rightfully so. Yeah, they're amazing pieces. But I'm not convinced that they can continue to be the only good players in this team. You know, this top six can't be the only good part of this Oilers team in order for them to succeed, especially when everyone's especially when everyone's playing each other. You know, they're not playing the same teams multiple times. You know, it's like they really only have a top six. And that's with the addition of Hyman, you know. I mean, if, if uh, Kyler Yamamoto and Jesse Puyarvi, they have good more. They have another good year. Then sure, yeah, maybe maybe I could see them being like the bubble team because I do project them being a bubble team, but not a bubble team. Sorry, like a wild card team. I could see them being a wild card team, but I'm not convinced that they could have a solid year, like to be at the top of the division. Like everyone's projecting to be second. I don't think that they're better than the Flames, Canucks, or the Golden Knights. I don't think they're a good team. So I know, I, I, know, I know people are gonna say. Because McDavid and the McDavid effect, I get it. I get how amazing McDavid is. I think he cracked 140 points. That doesn't mean that this team is going to be good. No, I, I 100% agree with you. And I, I really want to nail home the uh, the point about the goaltending. Uh, I think that's going to be um, a real sore spot for them. And it's not like they have money to move and money to make a, you know, make a splash at the deadline because I don't... I mean, I don't know what their like prospect pool, but I don't know about the pieces, and they definitely don't have the space with all the money that they're shelling out for guys like Nurse and fucking McDavid and Trisaddle. So I, it's just this team. I feel like is getting stuck in the idea that like they're just gonna. I I don't want to say overpay because McDavid and Trisaddle deserve the money that they're getting, and Trisaddle is definitely good value for what his contract is, one hundred percent. But the money that they're spending on these top players is just too much for you to build a team around them. And um, it, it's getting to the point now where, you know, you need four lines to roll to be that team, to be that great team. You know, yeah, sure. You, uh, as you mentioned, uh, McDavid could score 140 points this season, but how well is that going to fare when he's outpacing everybody by two, three, four times? You know, it's not it's not really going to help them. It's not really going to help this team out. So uh and God forbid, what if one of them gets injured? Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. Then, then all their production goes. I mean, what did McDavid have? McDavid had like sixty percent of like he was a part of sixty uh, yeah. like goals of the Oilers. Like, like it's nuts. Like, and again, this is no sly on McDavid or a dry sawdust for that matter. But it's just like the team around them is not good enough to be sustainable. Well, you know what I mean. No, They're just not. I and I, I'm just sick of seeing them being second in the in the division behind Vegas. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, they're second best, clearly. I'm like, no, it's not clear. I don't understand how it's clear when they literally have the exact same inconsistencies that the, the people have shamed the Canucks for having. They literally have a shit defense. They have shit goaltending. And they have no bottom six. These were issues that people have the Canucks for years. You know what I mean? And it's just and that just pisses me off so much. You know what I mean? No, I, I 100% agree with you. So that's my rant. Uh, the Oilers suck. You know what? Now, now I hope no. You know, you know what? Now they're ranked fifth behind the crack. <laughs> no, but I think the Oilers will finish fourth. Um, I think they will be a wild card team. And uh, yeah, 
Agreed, bro. Agreed. So number three, who do you got? I got the Calgary Flames at three. Um, I I don't think this team should be able to stay bad, especially because of the amount of talent that they have, as much as it pains me to say. Um, you know, on paper, they're a playoff team. Um, as much as I would love for them to be dog shit, I don't think that they're going to be this year. Um, they have too many solid pieces up front, like uh, Johnny Goudreau, Matthew Kachuk. You know, it's like, and they have a few really good young players too, and Andrew Mangiapane and Dylan Dubé. Um, they also have a solid top four defense, and Markstrom, if he has a good year again, you know, he should keep them competitive in case they don't do as well as they actually should be. Um, if he posts anywhere above average numbers, this seems to be a playoff team. Um, on paper, they're better than the Whalers. Flat out. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with what you're saying that this team is very, very solid. Um, that's why I, I have the Canucks here at number three. Um, honestly, I do like the Flames a little bit better. I have them a little bit higher, but uh, not to get off topic of the Flames yet, but um, do you have anything else you want to add? No, no, no. No, no I mean, I... I guess I'll talk about them because I know we're going to probably talk about the Canucks at length here. Um, no, but everything you said, like they, they have a lot of talent, especially in that top six. I really like their top six, like a lot. Um, and then even go down there lower, you know, Tyler Pitlick, uh, you know, Lucic on their bottom fourth line. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think that this team is pretty deep. Um, and I think they're solid in net. Like I really like Markstrom from back when he was on the Canucks, you know, um, I, I've had a follow him with you, so I, I do like him. I like him. I hope that he has a – I don't want to say a comeback season because he played okay last season. But He um, played well. He just got injured because they were riding yeah. him to the ground, and that's an issue that they may run into again. Um, There is actually two more things I did want to say about the Flames. Yeah, yeah. Um, Is that what happened at the end of the season last year is the Flames rode Markstrom just like they, the Canucks rode Markstrom. They overplayed him, and they hyperextended him, and he got injured at the towards the end of the year. And that's what they got to be wary of. Also, we have to um, keep in mind that the Flames were doing better once they transitioned to having Daryl Sutter as a coach. They started doing a little bit better towards the end of the year with him. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I also think that a third thing, I guess, is that Sean Monaghan really needs to break out. You know what I mean? Sean Monaghan really needs to play well um, and not just be like somewhat of a middle six center. He needs to be a, a top center for them. Yeah, no. And I definitely think that uh, all the talent is there for them. So. Uh... I think they're going to have a really great year. Yeah. Cool. I hope not, but. Yeah. All right. So, again, for me, Canucks at three and then Flames at two. So, I don't know. Who do you have at number two? Uh, I have the Vegas Golden Knights at number two. Um, so, no, I'm just kidding. So, I <laughs> know. So, I got the Canucks. Um, okay, cool. So, that's why I didn't want to talk about the Canucks yet because I figured uh, we'll dive deep into them now. Yeah, um, so this is going to sound ridiculous to me to say, but I think this that this is the best Canucks team since 2011. Um, I'm not comparing the two teams, like saying that they're going to go to the cup finals or anything, but, you know, this forward core is super deep. You know, I mean, they have potential second liners like Niels Hoaglander and Vasily Particles and penciled in on the third line. Um, they have an actual third line center. They have an actual fourth line with good players on it. They brought in a top six forward in Connor Garland, who can put in a million goals. They also have another year of growth growth from Pedersen and Hughes if they actually get their contract signed, <laughs> along with a full year of Demko as their number one goalie. You know, 
Um, some may say that this defense is still shit. I'm not going to say it's good, but some of the parts is better than it was last year. Um, I mean, you know, Hamannick, maybe out as we spoke again, whatever. Um, but I like the defense a lot more than last year's, especially because you're replacing Alex Edler, who was slow, didn't put up enough points, and was getting beat on every rush with Oliver Ekman-Larsen, who was a 45-point defenseman last year, or like on pace to be a half-point-per-game defenseman last year, and he didn't get walked every single shift that he played like Alex Edler did. You know, OEL can still skate despite what the bags, uh, the bag skates showed. I know Alex Edler is a low bar, but if they can, you know, but if Oliver Ekman Larson can continue that half point per game pace, be a solid uh, defenseman for the Canucks and not play stupid, then they're golden. You know, then they have a fine top four. You know, this team is a playoff team on paper. I think that the forward group, like um, the forward depth in the, sorry, my words, the forward depth and Thatcher Demko, like just that enough right there is playoff team. That's a playoff team right there. You know what I mean? Add in the additions to the uh, defense to make them better. I think they have better decor than the Oilers, which is 100%. another thing that people kept saying. Oh, the Oilers should have better decor than the Canucks. No, they don't. No, they don't. No, they don't. Uh, how? They don't. <laughs> like, No, yeah. 100% so, on paper, they do not. I, I love this Canucks defense this year compared to, like you keep saying, last season. And, dude, they sh- they're going to go off, bro. I'm, I'm actually hyped for this season for the Canucks. Dude, I know. And if they stay healthy, that's my thing then too. Like everyone keeps clowning the Tucker Pullman signing. I get it's a little bit much on the term, but 2.5 still isn't bad for someone who's going to play in your top four and who just like, duh, he's quiet. And when I say quiet, yeah, he doesn't put up a lot of points, but he doesn't let in a lot of goals either. You know what I mean? He's yeah. a pretty just blah player. He also doesn't take a lot of penalties, which is all. Dude, he had like two penalty minutes last year playing on the top pair. Like what? That's exactly what the Canucks need, especially because Tyler Miners is constantly taking penalties. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like the Canucks don't need another player to take penalties like that. Also, I think that on the third pair, the revolving door between um, Brad Hunt and Oli Levy is going to be solid for them. Maybe even Jack Rathbone, if he wins it out of camp, you know, we don't know what's going to happen yet. So, you know, I do think that the Canucks team is a lot better than last year. And I think in a... I think that they're benefiting a lot from their offseason changes. I think this Canucks team is number two in the division, despite what other people say. I saw, speaking of real quick, I saw in the Athletic this morning, um, they did like a ranking of the 32 teams. They said the Canucks were barely scratching the bubble and they had them, like they had like every other team. They had the LA Kings before the Canucks. Are you kidding me? Get a grip. What are you talking about? Anywho, that just pisses me off. But, yeah, no, that's shot. <laughs> I don't know how the <laughs> hell that's happening. It's ridiculous. Anywho. <laughs> well, number one, unanimous, unanimous vote from the Clapper Report gang here. Uh, we have the wonderful, the great, perfect team, the Vegas Golden Knights. It's Justin with that, Vegas. I like to say. <laughs> yeah, Justin favorite team, the Golden Knights, number one for me. I mean, uh, this team is stupid deep, and you got players all over the place. Match patch ready. I think I drafted him again. I don't know if I did, but I hope I did because I loved them last season. Uh, Mark Stone as well. Phenomenal. Those guys produce points for that team. Yeah. Um, their top six is sick. Even their bottom six is awesome. Dadanov down there, Nolan Patrick, you know, Jan Mark. That that's a solid third line there. Um, and defensively, like you can't forget Potangelo, Shay Theodore, you know, they they're solid. 
You know, even in well, net, I think I drafted both of them. <laughs> my fucking man, Robin Laner, he's gonna have a phenomenal season. Um, he's looking good. He's looking healthy. Um, I actually saw a picture of him today. He was after he was on the ice with um, you know, the Knights at their training camp. Uh, at night he was training like jujitsu or something. Some like he was doing like some like UFC training or something like that. So, um, he he's extremely he's- healthy. I think this season, so it should be fun to watch. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, the only real offseason changes they made, yeah, they brought in Dadanov, they got rid of Cody Glass for Nolan Patrick, who yeah. I do kind of want to see Nolan Patrick succeed because I do feel bad about his uh, migraine issues that he's had that that have prevented him from being healthy. And yeah, they lost Flurry for pennies, um, but I do trust that Robin Lehner will, um, will what's called keep this team at the top of the division. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't say, think there's any question marks in that. Yeah. Um, I also want to say it's pretty funny to me because I was listening to the athletic hockey show and Robin Lehner was on it. I think it was like a week ago. Um, maybe a little bit over a week ago. And um, they were asking him a question. He would go off for like seven minutes each about it. And I'm like, all right. I'm like, you got to like, you got to like reel it back in. And he was going off on like tangents. And I, I was know. like, he, oh. he's a crazy guy. Apparently Mark Stone, like I, I saw this before. I don't know if you saw it. It was today. Uh, Mark Stone had like a party, right? And Robin mm-hmm. Lehner was in his backyard digging in snake holes, ripping out snakes. And apparently he threw five snakes into Mark Stone's like pool or something. I don't oh, know. What? But he's just like the most random guy ever. And I just, he's so cool. I love him. He's so cool. He's so let cool. Let me just let him throw snakes into my pool. <laughs> yeah. He could come <laughs> throw snakes into my imaginary pool all day long if he wanted. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that wraps up our pacific division uh canucks are going to take the cup or at least the western conference um so let's get to the metropolitan division oh yeah all right so uh why don't you start this off since i started the last one yeah i'll start it off uh nice and easy number eight the devils um shitter of its squad okay oh (laughs) just kidding just kidding i do have the devils at eight though um what (laughs) yeah i have them at eight i mean Maybe the Jackets could take that for me, honestly. Um, but I don't feel confident in this Devil squad. I mean, I know they made a bunch of additions this season. I'm trying to go to their daily faceoff. But again, I'm dealing with this terrible setup right now. Um, no, I mean, they brought in Thomas Tatar. He could put up points, but... And Dougie Hamilton? <laughs> and Doug, Doug, Yeah, Dougie Hamilton on defense, sure. I mean... They'll perform. There's no they're way gonna, they're going to perform. Okay, sorry. Look, I'm, I'm I don't. Off. I don't really. I don't really like Mackenzie Blackwood like that. I don't think that he would was playing that great, especially against a lot of the teams that he played last season. They, he wasn't good. I mean, obviously, he could take a step forward this season and play a little bit better, hopefully. But um, I don't know. I, I yeah, the Jackets easily could be number eight for me as well. Uh, they're my number seven. Sorry to spoil it for you guys, but uh, um, these two teams, I don't like them. I don't think they're going to do anything. I think the Devils are like one or two seasons away, though, from being really good. I know uh, they have a lot of picks coming up or something along those lines. So uh, I, I do think that they're going to be a team that's going to be good in the next couple of seasons. So I'm actually really shocked that you put the Devils at eight. Um, so, yeah, I put the Blue Jackets at eight. I said that there's not much to say besides I think the worst team in the division and they should get the first overall pick this year or they should try to get the first overall pick this year. Um, they have like nothing. Um, yeah, so um yeah, Jack the, Devils, suck. the Devils I do have seventh though, but I think the gap between them is, is huge. Really? Um, I think 
I do. I think the Devils are going to be close. I, I think, let's just say, I think this is the closest division. I think, I think teams three through seven are going to be pretty close. Um, but I do have the several, the Devils seventh. Um, what's well, called, they, they need a bit more time to get better. You know, have their younger players taking more steps forward. Dougie Hamilton and Thomas Tatar, they're both huge uh, additions, but they were both also interesting signings because they really aren't a playoff team yet. Um, so maybe they're banking a little bit too much on the now instead of the future. Um, hopefully they probably think that they're going to be a powerhouse next, uh, like in the next few years. Yeah. Um, I think that these are going to be guys that are going to ride into the next couple of seasons with, uh, all the stock that they have in like draft picks and all that good stuff. Yeah. You know, um, and Jack Hughes, Nico, he I think that they're both going to have great years. Um, yeah, I think you are Serganovich. I think he's going to have another really good year. I think he's going to take another step forward for them. Um, the Devils are a team that's going to be a riser, but I think that they made the Dougie Hamilton signing at the wrong time. I don't think they're going to be in a playoff spot. Yeah, agreed. agreed. That's my eight and seven. I mean, I, I just think Lionel is going to have a good season this season. But good season this year. I think he's going to play well. I like Jack Roslovic. He played really good when he went to that team. Um, last season, I he remember did. he was going off, so I feel good about team, them. Yeah. Um, you know, Borkstrand, he's always solid. You know, they're the bottom six definitely has some question marks, but I feel like it's an older team compared to the Devils. Um, yeah. and I don't totally mind their defense, and I think their duo in nets much better. I like uh, Merz Lincolns, I think he's good, and Corpus Allo is good too. So I think that they're a little bit more solid in net, which is like a bigger thing for me than uh. I don't know. I, I think these two. As someone who had Corpusalo and Blackwood on his fantasy team last year, at some point, let me just say I would much prefer Blackwood most nights. Really? <laughs> All right. So Blackwood you know, stole me more games. <laughs> I could be wrong. I could be wrong, which is more often than not on this podcast. So uh, don't take my word too serious here. Um, uh, speaking of wrong, give me your number six. <laughs> speaking of wrong, number six, I have the Flyers. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Whoa. Okay. I have the Flyers number six. Um, they were not good last year. Uh, Carter Hart was the biggest question mark last season, I think. Um, by question mark, I mean it was a negative mark. <laughs> um, him last year. So this year, I expect him to bounce back a little bit. Um, but I just, who did they lose this season, this offseason? I forgot who it was. I think it was somebody defensively, right? But then they brought in Ryan Ellis, right? Um, well, they, they brought in Rasmus Ristolainen and Ryan Ellis. They Ryan lost Ellis. Shane Gosses Bear, who was on the decline. Yeah, and they were benching him. So, you know, maybe they did make a, a step forward on defensive, uh, more so than I thought. But they didn't do anything last season. I mean, you have Derek Broussard on the squad. I Cam Atkinson, he's pretty good. So maybe I do have him a little low, but uh, <laughs> I didn't like the Flyers last season. I always don't like the Flyers. I hate them every season, but... Uh, <laughs> Um, I'm not sold on Carter Hart. I don't think he's a great, great um, goaltender like everybody was hyping him up to be. I know he had a really good season that one year, or maybe two years was it. Um, but last season sold it for me that he's not going to be good, and uh, I don't think he's going to do too much better this season. Um, they did make a bit of defensive uh, adjustments though, so who knows? Maybe they uh, maybe they do go much higher. <laughs> Um, so yeah, if, if we were concerned that we were taking each other's, uh, rankings, then you don't have to be concerned now. Um, number six, I have the Rangers. Um, 
So uh, I think that they got worse this offseason. Um, I think losing Bushenovich for Ryan Reeves and um, yeah, that that right there is just ridiculous and terrible asset management. Um, all because of Tom Wilson, they really did all that. It's completely stupid. Um, also, who knows if Alexander Gorgiev stays during this season? And who knows if Capocacco and Ale- Alexi Lafreniere will actually break out this season? I'm not convinced that they will. Um, the best players in Panera and Fox are going to really need to carry the team. Um, they're also still super young, just like the uh, Devils are. Um, so I'm not convinced that they're going to do anything this year. I think it's going to be a repeat of last year. Hmm, interesting. Where they get dummy by the Capitals. Facts and the Islanders. Um, number five, I have the Pittsburgh Penguins missing the playoffs. Um, this is largely due to the fact that Malkin is going to be hurt for the first month, um, which I know is not a lot of time. But uh, as a guy who drafted Malkin last season, when he's hurt, he doesn't he's fucking for the play. First two months. Yeah, no, he, and then he comes first. back, and then he doesn't play. And yeah, I know Crosby's hurt too. He shouldn't be playing in the beginning of the season. Um, hopefully it's something that's not lingering for his, you know, legacy sake. But uh, if it is an issue, you know, these two injuries, so they're two best players, arguably, um, well, one undoubtedly, but one arguably, um, I, I think it's going to be a rough patch for them. Um, who do they have in net this season as well? Is it still Jari? Tristan Jari and it's Casey. Still Jari. Yeah, so it's still Jari, so... He got absolutely lit up last season. I don't think he's going to be any better. Casey DeSmith, I mean, I'm not sold on this team. I think they're going to be absolutely bad this year, and they're going to miss the playoffs. Uh, So, yeah, I have the Pittsburgh Penguins at fifth as well. Um, I know we say every year that the Penguins aren't going to make playoffs, but uh, this year I think, you know, yeah, just like you were saying, uh, inconsistent goaltending, Crosby being out for one month and Malkin being out two months. Um, start the season I think that's a huge loss for this team um, I also think this team isn't deep and then the, also the loss of Jared McCann yeah, is, yeah uh, no, he went to uh, Seattle, Seattle. Right? yeah um, yeah no that's a tough loss for this team yeah well technically he went to Toronto and then um, oh yes 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 that was that but, uh, stupid but they lost Brandon Tanev to Seattle um, and he was a good uh, third line player for them so um, you know they they lost pieces, and you know I think it's I think the loss of McCann is going to affect the team a lot more than others think that it will. So yeah. um, I have them missing the playoffs as well. Facts, fuck the Penguins. Um, number four, yeah, you had them quite low. Um, I have the Rangers here. Um, you're is right. That a playoff spot, or or did both wild cards go to the Atlantic for you? No, no, no. This is a playoff spot, a wild card spot. Um, Rangers taking an, a wild card spot, I think. Um, Whoa. Interesting. Martin will be happy. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to you, Martin. Um, granted, you're not going to make it too far because you're going to be playing the number one seed. Um, so, <laughs> I, all the reasons why you said that they may not be good, uh, may not be good. I think they could be good. Um, Alexis Lafreniere. I mean, everyone was hyping this dude up to be the next big thing. So, uh, I expect him to play better than he did last season. He's going to have an increased role. He's got more minutes. Uh, so we're going to see a lot more of him, more chances for him to grow into his skates, so to speak, and to uh, truly show why he was drafted so high. Um, Panarin's just absolutely sick. Um, and Kako. Kako is a good question, Mark, because uh, he's a guy who is supposed to be awesome as well, and it, it really hasn't uh, panned out to fruition um, to at least where I think that 
you know, the Rangers want him to be. Um, Prasov, I really like. Filipito, he's pretty good. Um, Goudreau, a little bit of an interesting guy, but, you know, he was with the Tampa team, so I know he knows how to win. So that might be a guy that's an interesting piece for them. Um, I really don't like the Ryan Reeves edition. Uh, but I definitely it's literally do. the most pointless. I'm sorry, that shit still makes me mad. Yeah, I but but I but I can understand. I can understand that you need to add nope. grit and you need to because they did get absolutely if you're gonna get if you're gonna get Reeves. Yeah, but I think I think the Buchnevich loss might be attributed to the fact that they were really in the hunt for um, Eichel. I think that that was like a a move to allow a little bit more space for them to have like another step in doing it. Um, so I think they were just cutting their losses for that, and it didn't pan out. That's my theory. Whether or not I'm right, I'm probably wrong. But as it looks now, with how everything did go, yeah, they, they lost Bushnevich for Ryan Reeves. So that's not really a good trade. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I kind of like the fact that they're getting a little grittier because they were just getting dummied every night, um, especially playing all those tough East teams last year. Um Defensively, Adam Fox, of course. I think I saw something, and I could be wrong. It's social media, um, and it was a Salty Islander fan. Um, they were making fun of Fox because he came into training camp with a shirt that said that uh, something about him being the Norris winner. Oh, yeah, on the back of it, it said Norris. That is so cringy and corny and stupid. I hope he gets absolutely leveled the season for that and uh he falls off a fucking cliff like as far as uh, statistically um (laughs) that is so fucking corny and stupid um you would not see that happen in the islanders organization i would like to think well Um, because lou lamorell doesn't allow any personality i i understand that i get it but that's so fucking corny to me dude that is so corny like what um I'm glad to know that that's true because that's actually ridiculous. Uh, so he just fucked himself over for this season. Um, Contra Miller's interesting. Truba, you know, he's always interesting for them. Um, and I think they're solid in net, man. Shesterkin, uh, he plays really well when he plays other teams other than the Islanders. Um, he's always Swiss cheese when he plays us. So uh, that's always good to know. And Gorgiev, like you said, could be a piece that gets moved this offseason, um, which could help them in a trade um, with the cap space that they now have with losing Buchnevich and all that. So, uh, I think the Rangers have themselves in an interesting position where um, they might be able to make a splash at the deadline. But um, before that, I think they're going to be a team that's in the hunt for sure. Um, and for some reason, I have a seeping suspicion that uh, this Ranger team is not going to go away and they're going to they're going to perform pretty well. Well, you know, like I said, I do have three through seven somewhat close. So yeah. I, mean, I guess I can yeah. see them maybe getting uh, somewhat close, but I don't really think that they're going to be uh, a playoff team. Um, so number four for me, I have the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, I think they are still a playoff team, but after losing Dougie Hamilton, Warren Fogle, and Alex Ndeljevic, I don't think that they have the staying power that they did before to be at the top of the division. Um, you know, they swapped Ethan Bear for Dougie Hamilton, or Dougie Hamilton for Ethan Bear, Warren Fogle for Jesper Kotkaniemi, and Alex Ndeljevic, Frederick Anderson. Um, it's not the worst hits, but like the loss of Dougie Hamilton is huge for them. Um, so I don't know if they're going to be at the top of the division like they were in past years, but you know, I still think they're going to be a playoff team. Yeah, no, um, I definitely agree with you in the fact that they're going to be a playoff team. Um, sorry. I don't know if you can hear that, but an ad is playing. (laughs) Um, that's super professional. 
Um, is that daily face off? Yeah, yeah, it's so frustrating. <laughs> uh, number three, um, I went with the Capitals. Is that what we're up to, right? Number three? Uh, yeah. Yeah, number three. I went with the Capitals. Um, I don't know. This team's always finding a way to fucking ruin the day for me. Um, they, uh, they're pesky. They're annoying. They're always going to be good as long as um, Ovi's playing. He's you know going to get you an insane amount of points. Um, it's interesting that they didn't make as much moves as I think everybody expected them to, especially with like Kuzi. Everybody thought he was going to be moved. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see if he plays the whole season. Um, I think he will, though. Um, but this is a team that is pretty deep, realistically. I mean, their top six is sick, and um, Paxham and Oshi and Mantha, like that's that's absolutely nuts. Um, you know, they did lose uh, what's his name last year, um, in the Mantha trade. Who did they lose? It was uh, Jacob Verana, Verana, uh, who's probably going to be a good future piece for them, but I think Mantha right now is a little bit better. Um, defensively they've always been okay and of course you got Ilya Samsonov there in net so um, I think this team is going to go on a nice tear but I don't think they're going to be quite like the other two teams that I've left um, who do you have at number three uh, so number three I have the Flyers um, I think that they're being underrated wow. just because of how bad Carter Hart was last year I think he's going to bounce back um, I think they also went all in for the playoffs this year although I don't know how much it's going to be sustainable I think they're I think their defense is nuts this year. I mean, they have Provorov, Ryan Ellis, Travis Sanheim, Rasmus Ristolainen, and Keith Yandel, and Justin Braun. That's nuts. It's cracked. Uh, such a sick decor. I think they have a solid forward group, too. I mean, top line of Claude Giroux, Sean Couturier, Travis Konechny. Then you got Joel Farabee, o- Oscar Lindblom, uh, bringing the addition of Kemp Atkinson. You know, uh, also paired with a... Um, the bounce back year by Carter Hart, man. I don't know. I think this team's a playoff team. I don't know. Again, I don't know if they have the staying power to, to be a playoff team for years to come, but I think at least this year they are. Yeah, this is always like a team that's like they're really hot one year and you think they're gonna be good and then they're bad, and then they're really yeah, good, they're, they're really bad. So, you know, last season was bad, so maybe this season they'll be really good. <laughs> um, that seems to be the going right with this squad, but uh I don't know. For some reason, I I don't believe in the heart, man. I don't believe in him. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they turn out. Yeah, for sure. Um, number two, I went with the Hurricanes. Um, as much as like they, you know, Dougie Hamilton does hurt, um, and it sucks that he's such a scumbag sometimes. But Tony D'Angelo, I mean, he was putting up numbies when he was. I playing forgot with about the Rangers. Loki, yeah. I, I erased him from my mind. Yeah, he was putting up numbies before, uh, you know, shit hit the fan there. So, uh, I, you know, is he Dougie Hamilton? Probably not, but he's going to be putting up points for them, which is important, um, especially on this offensive squad, I would like to think. Um, Ethan Bear was great. I mean, Ethan Bear is going to be on your third pairing, realistically. So, um, it's definitely an interesting squad. Frederick Anderson, um, he battled with injuries last season. Uh I think it was kind of unfair that he lost his spot. And this isn't a guy who drafted him in his fantasy league. And he's still salty about that, that he didn't get his spot back. <laughs> uh, so I definitely think he has, a, I definitely think that he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. Um, I think right now he's better than Nadoljevic. I think in the future, obviously that's a big loss. I don't think it's going to sting that hard this season for them though, especially with Anderson and Ranta there. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, 
too hurt on that. And I think offensively, you know, Sebastian Ajo is going to have another great season. Um, you know, Jesper Kotkanemi is interesting. Uh, I hate the deal. I think it's terrible. I think they kind of shot themselves in the foot with this. Um, but they needed him to sign, uh, you know, to sign the deal first and then be uh, enough money for them not to resign him. I think they could have got away with a lot less than was it close to five million, right? Or is it six? What that they, that they have him for? Yeah, I think it's at it's like a six point one. Six point one. So yeah, they for sure shot themselves in the foot with this deal. Uh, this is a player who could have gotten two million this season. Um, no, so two million. It would have been like two point five is what they were looking to sign him for. That's, so that's like you're trying to undersell him. Yeah, but it, he wouldn't have gone for six million dollars, bro. He's not a six million dollar player. No, but maybe like three, three point five. All right. Yeah, so two, so, so, so but... two point five to three million dollar range, I would say, would probably be his most. And again, this is a one year deal, so you have to think that a one, to three year bridge was probably going to be the likely story for him anyway. Uh, uh, long story short, talk to enemy, way overpaid. So I don't really know how much that's really going to fare out. It'll be interesting. Hopefully, he does pan out for them, and that would be really cool for them. Um, Sveshnikov, of course, going to go off. So you know, this is a definitely a solid squad. Um, I think that. Uh, I think they did make a lot of moves. Were they all for the best? Probably not, but I don't think they're too far from where they were last season. Uh, so my number two, I have the Washington Capitals. Um, you know, yeah, like you said, they always come up with a way to stay on the top. Um, yeah, just like you said, um, as long as they got Ovi, Backstrom, Mantha, uh, yeah, man, they're solid. They're a solid team. Um, John Carlson continues to play really well. Dmitry Orlov, same there, you know. And uh, if Samsonov and Vanshek can play well, they're going to be at the top of the division just like they always are. Yeah. Not much to say. They're they're the mainstay. Their their days are numbered, but you know. Oh, for sure. They hit the the window is closing very fast for them. Um, but for the next couple of seasons, let's say the next three seasons, um, I think they have enough pieces where they can. Uh, where they can muster up playoff spots for sure. Mm-hmm. Now, number one. <laughs> number one. It's been a long time since we can say this about the New York Islanders. It's been a very <laughs> long, long, long time. Number one for the both of us, I could say. We have the yep. New York motherfucking Islanders coming in number one at the Metro. And before you call me a homer, we're not the only ones. There's a lot of people who have them up here this high. So, uh, New York Islanders had quite the offseason and uh, easily, I think, could be the number one team in this division. Yep, I agree with that. Especially with Barry Trotz behind the net, I think that they're just a solid team. Um, they don't have a single offensive star that would get like 100 points in 82 games, but they have a solid team that's very cohesive. They'll work really well together, and they could all score at a decent rate. Um, they're also really defensively sound both defense, uh, defensive core and goaltending-wise, I think they're the strongest team in the division, uh, top to bottom, 100%. Yeah, no, uh, I, I agree. Um, what you mentioned about the, you know, the offensive firepower, I 100% agree. Um, you know, they don't have an insane point uh, goal scorer, but they have guys who, I would say, looking at this eight players, eight players that I would say could be 20 goal scorers, without a doubt, at least 20 goals. Um, and then you got have guys like Barzell and, you know, Bouvillier, who I think could definitely produce more than that. But I think that they have solid scoring 
up and down the lineup. Um, and just the addition of Zach Parise on that third line over Leo Komarov is monuments better. We had eight points last season. Eight points. Would have been 16 yeah. points last season from Leo Kom- If it was a full season, like 16 to 20 points we would have had from a guy playing on our top line. Now you have Zach Parise who potentially can put up 20 goals for you on the third line. I love that. I love that. That's insane. Um, Especially playing with a guy of the caliber of Pajot. Pajot can play with anybody. Now you put him a guy with talent and you have Oliver Walsham or Palmieri, depending on what, uh, you know, Barry Trust actually decides to roll out with. I, I, the, the sky's the limit for this team. I am so excited to get this going. You mentioned the defense. It doesn't matter who we have out there. We have our defensive system. And it's going to work. I think Chara fits that system better than what I thought at first, too. I was like, oh, shit, he's going to get screwed over based off his numbers from last year and how he got beat a couple of times, uh, you know, defending for the Capitals. But they play a totally different system where they're playing like a high-powered, you know, sending everybody in on the rush, and they're kind of leaving fucking Chara out to dry sometimes. And he's obviously older, a little bit slower. But, you know, he's got that size. He's got that reach. I think he's going to be a great shutdown defenseman on that bottom pair, probably with Mayfield, and that's a great shutdown pair for me. Um, or yeah. even Dobson. Or even Dobson. Like, And the fact that we have this guy mentoring Scott Mayfield, Noah Dobson, even Pelican Pollock. I mean, they're top-line defenders, but they're going to learn so much from these guys. And uh, I'm just through the roof excited. And you mentioned the goaltending. The best goaltending duo in the league. Undebatable at this point. Screw any other team. Uh, Simeon Varlamov is going to have quite a season. That's going to make it hard for the honors to let him go um, because next year Sorokin's taking the throne, man. So it'll be interesting to see what they do in that. I hope that they, it's like a 50-50 split down the middle, but uh, I don't care. Whoever you have in that, you're winning. You know, you can win that game uh, no matter what squad you're going up against, you know? Yeah, for sure. They're really <sighs> deep. I'm excited. <laughs> I know. Me too. I can't wait to, for be, the uh, season to get rolling. Is it October yet? <laughs> I know. It's going to be a good season. I mean, I'm uh, looking forward to, especially playing um, all the teams, you know what I mean, uh, in the league. So, got to figure out when uh, my classes are in the spring semester so I catch the Canucks play the Islanders at UBS. But... Oh, yeah. We're going to have to make a trip, bro. I was looking at it. You know, it's crazy. I don't even know if I mentioned it. Like the Islanders, like they sold out their first home game. I don't know if we got to talk about that. They were the first team in the NHL to make, uh, to have a sellout this year. Granted, their stadium is a little bit smaller than what other stadiums are or arenas are, but um, I still think that's phenomenal. I think that uh, this team is growing, you know, fan base is growing exponentially and uh, it's a fun time to be an Islander fan. Bandwagon. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, really quick. Uh, Willie uh, talks with Chepe. You know what he tried to tell me? He tried to tell me that I've only just become an Islander fan. Well, you did, right? Like two years ago? Yeah, yeah. Two years ago is when I became <laughs> an Islander fan. So apparently that's the truth. Um, I will admit that I'm definitely more into hockey the past couple of years, <laughs> two, three years. <laughs> but um, no, man, that, that, that had me hurt, Willie. So uh, I'm very disappointed that you think that way of me. So... <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Um, very disappointed. Very disappointed. I, I'm hurt, honestly. Um, well, any, anything don't take else it to heart. Have? Anything else that you have for uh, our lovely listeners of the Clapper Report? 
No, I think I'm all good, honestly. All right. So uh, uh, let's get back to it. I know. I, I felt weird not recording. And I was kind of, I don't want to say I was anxious, but I felt a little weird going into this recording. I was like, I feel like I'm out of practice right now. Am well, I going to be able to do we're it? online and, you know. Yeah, we're online and I, I'm not too comfortable in my uh, setup here. I literally had to go off my phone. I'm sitting in front of a laptop, but I had to go off my phone because that's how bad this laptop is. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, with that being said, guys, I think that's it for this episode. If you guys want to uh, follow us on Instagram, you can follow us on Instagram at the Clapper Report, T-H-E-C-L-A-P-P-E-R-R-E-P-O-R-T. Uh, yeah, hit us up, comment on the post, uh, give us something to talk about. Let us know what you want to hear because we're always down to hear your suggestions. No, yeah, definitely, guys. So uh, be sure to follow us there. Um, DM us, like you said, and let's just uh, let's get the conversation going. The season's almost upon us. I'm excited. So uh, we'll see you guys here again next week. All right. Peace, guys.